Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live Saturday mornings from 9 till 10. Find us online at federalnewsnetwork.com or hear us on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, and 1039 FM HD 2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Ross. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Ross. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. And it's been another, another big week in technology. This, of course, is the computer electronics show that was there out in Las Vegas. And the vendors are trying to push all their latest wares. We'll talk about some of the trends and some of the highlights of the computer electronics show. And... uh, AirPods can be used for spying. What? They put a new feature on them. Also, the Apple Watch can be used for spying. So I'll explain exactly how that is if, all if done. If anyone could have figured that out, it would be And there. there's a way to hack the Bird electric scooters yes! with, a, with a $30 circuit board and steal them. I, I Well, <laughs> they've come up with a free way to do it in Baltimore. Yeah, so that is uh, there's, but you got, it's actually completely functional. There's a company. Well, we'll talk about it. How that's done. Yep. And we, this week we're going to feature the man who was founder of Coder Dojo. <laughs> Coder Dojo. It was it was it was a a way to teach young people how to code, and it's gone viral. He's got 1,800 clubs around the world. Coder Dojo. That's James Welton, and of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. We got an email from John in Washington D.C. Dear Doc and Jim, I've been told that microwave ovens will interfere with my Wi-Fi router. If that is true, they must use the same frequency. Why in the world would anybody design these systems to use the same frequency? Seems like a bad idea. If I have interference, what are my options? Love the show, John in Washington, D.C. Well, John, you are right. Wi-Fi and microwave both operate at a similar frequency, which can lead to interference. See, it all goes back to... An action that was taken in 1947 when the International Telecommunications Union established the ISM band. That is short for industrial, scientific, and medical. The goal was to define what devices would be allowed to run in certain frequency bands so they wouldn't cause interference with other telecom services. ITM, that's the International Telecommunications Union, ITU, designated the 2.4 gigahertz band as the unlicensed spectrum specifically reserved for microwave ovens. (laughs) Now, this band has three compelling properties. It doesn't require much power to broadcast. It's easy to contain because you can put it in 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 a metal box called a Faraday cage and keep it contained. And at relatively low power, it can heat food. So they said, hey, this is perfect. But ISM, as the name suggests, the original intention did not provide communication. And over the years, though, people started using that band. Look who it is. Yes, indeed. We have a man coming into the studio. We do indeed. A yes. man wearing shades. Yes, indeed. We'll let him get settled and we'll introduce him in just a minute. Yes, but let me just finish the yes. ISM band because this is this is like gripping radio. We've got to finish. <laughs> so... The 2.4 gigahertz band was actually pretty good for telecom devices. So it turns out the Wi-Fi people took it over, even though it originally been assigned to microwaves. And it turns out that um, microwaves uses a lot of power. Microwaves typically generate about a hundred, about a thousand watts of power, but they try to contain it in the Faraday cage. The microwave oven is basically a metal box that contains the microwaves, but they leak out through that little window in the front. And maybe you got grease around the seal. Microwaves do leak out. On the other hand, Wi-Fi routers only generate about a tenth of a watt. That's 100 milliwatts. So they're really low power. So a little bit of leakage from the microwave oven can, in fact, can in fact interfere with your Wi-Fi. So 
But you don't really have to replace your microwave oven if you've got interference. You could simply move the oven, maybe point the door in a different direction so it doesn't exactly hit the router. Now, you could also use a router that operates at the 5 gigahertz band because the, the new routers operate about 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. If you operate at the 5 gigahertz band, you got no microwave interference. And that all you also probably won't interfere with your neighbors either. So, actually, John, that was a pretty good question. Thanks for your email. It was indeed. Yes, we had, indeed. He needs to be introduced properly. The yes. don't start till I walk in. <laughs> there we go. Hi, folks, this is David Burke. Don't start <laughs> Oh, I, yeah. I, I drove down here for this, really. Yes, you did, as a matter I, of I, fact. Wait, wait, let me check out this right. I, I drove down here so I could hear about Wi-Fi overload on the microwave. Yes, indeed. Ladies hey, and gentlemen. Doc, you know, Doc, I can't leave for a moment. It's it's host emeritus David Bird. Yes. You, you must be introduced properly. This is riveting radio, this Dave. This is riveting radio. It is. How come I don't sound right? Is it because these headphones are funky? I don't know. The, I'm sure the headphones Do I sound okay? Yeah. You sound okay? great. You sound great. You sound perfect, yeah. yeah but you, so. I, but we gave hold it. We gave you the bad earphones. Yeah. Oh, is that what the deal is? <laughs> you gave what? me the bad ones. We gave you the bad well, earphones. And we, well, and let's put it this way: all of the terrible. earphones are bad except all, for yours. All the earphones are bad. Yeah. Let me, let me tell the folks what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. I, I do sound okay because yeah, I, you sound I fine. Swear it sounds like you know I'm talking in the ocean here. Hello? No, it's there. You sound fine. Okay. Yeah. I got a call yesterday from Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, Birdman, what are you doing? I, well, Birdman. I'm just kind of like sitting here in Frederick, you know, watching the dogs, doing that thing. <laughs> he says, well, come on down and be on the show tomorrow. I said, well, what, what's the occasion? He goes, well, this is the last show in this building. Yep. Yes. Yep, it is. When, when is the last day officially in this building? It's going to be in... Uh, it's February 1st, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah. the last... This is the first Friday in February. Yeah. And they move... We're moving from... Uh, from here to Chevy Chase, and so this. So you know, did the, you not know this? I, I've got the timing. Uh, I've got I've got the wrong timing. I really do, man. <laughs> I retire right before they open up the new giant. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I look out this window and I look at that giant and say, "When is it going to open?" And then. And then you retire. Then I go. Bye bye. And then you're going. Yeah, that's it. But you know, the reason I came down here, besides <laughs> just to see you, Doc, and it's always a pleasure to see you because I, yes. I, I I get up every Saturday and listen to the show. Yes, you do. I'm sure <laughs> you do. Yeah, I do. As you're and, mucking uh, the stalls, right? Yes, I do. I'm mucking the stalls, talking to the doggies. But you know something? I, I what, what really drew me down here, besides you, uh, Doc, was the fact that I've been in this building for 30 years. Yeah. I've had three or four different jobs in this building. Yeah. For since 1987. Wow. I've been fired in this building three times. Okay. Only three this, times? This, 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 is, this is like a meaningful, it's like a meaningful uh, spot have, for you. <laughs> I have walked these hallways for 30 years, and I just can't believe they're... No, I knew they were moving, Jim. I, I'm sitting there going, they wait till I retire to move down to the neat part of, the, of, of Wisconsin? Yeah, right. There's no, there, there's there no are metro no, stop Wait here. a minute. There are no bad... It's like, the, where are the slums on Wisconsin Avenue, Dave? Well, I know, but there's nothing down here. There's nothing uh, there's down here. I mean, Cafe Deluxe, and there's oh, a cathedral, please. and hey, they there's change, a Starbucks. I got a new slice. They changed the Caesar salad dressing at, at, uh, at, at Cafe Deluxe. Did they really? Dave's gone. Sorry. No. Gone. <sighs> Totally. No reason to leave Frederick anymore. So, have you seen the new studios for Tech Talk? No, we don't have a clue. It could be a cardboard box, for all we know. We don't really know whether there are studios no, I, for Tech Talk. You know, think, we may show up and it'll be a, 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 an empty parking lot. Hey, I think, I think they got a booth for you at Maggiano's. Could that be. Well, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be Live great. studio Maggiano's. audience and pasta. 30 years. Now, how long have you been coming out of this building, Jimbo? Well, this is really funny because I was here. I worked at WTOP when we moved here right. from 40th In Street. 87. 87, uh, it was 87, 88. Well, they lived on the hill. We were over next to Channel Line, where Channel Line used to be. Now nothing is over there. We were all over off of 40th Street, where the uh, you know where the Whole Foods is in Tenley Town, and then they moved oh, yeah. down here. I was the last voice on from the old studio uh, in Tenley Town. Well, it's like going down on the sinking ship. Well, see, I what you know, Wash and TOP used to yep. be in this building, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, my old partner Jeff Baker. We were in the basement at Channel Five at Wash. That's where <laughs> Wash was in the mm -hmm. basement. Yep, at Channel Five for a year before we moved down here. I had a cold for a year in that basement. I'll bet because you never got any fresh air. Well, this is the back in the days of deregulation where people were buying, tr selling, trading yeah. radio stations. So WTOP oh, yeah. had been had been with uh, what is now Magic One Hundred Two Point Three. 
And that was a talk station back yes. in the day. And then it was Wash, <laughs> and then um, and then it was WGMS for a while, yeah. which is no longer exists. Gone, gone. Because that's where WTOP FM is, is, is at that dial position. And so now everything is going to pack up the end of this month, and, and we're going to go up to, uh, up to uh, Chevy Chase. And here, so we'll still be here. Here's my, last, here's my last building story. Okay, I'm doing <laughs> okay. mornings at Wash with Jeff Baker. It was late 80s, okay? And at that time, the district had decided... We're gonna we're gonna make all buildings in Washington smoke free. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Baker and I were smokers at yes. the time. We we quit a long time ago. So, uh, what does the station do? This is what the station did for me. Okay, they made a closet across from the studio with with an ashtray in the closet. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> we couldn't go downstairs in the middle of a Beach Boy record uh, to have no, a cigarette couldn't. on Idaho Avenue. No. And you were playing um, Stairway to Heaven on no, Wash. Stairway to Heaven. We're not playing any of that stuff. So. To have a cigarette, I'd have to love this terminology. I have to get in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you came out. Oh, hey, closet, everybody! So well, we'd have to smoke in the closet. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> that and is then nuts. When, I, when I came to work for TOP years later, we're in this building. I go, man, this is just crazy. I love this place. Anyway, a lot of history in this building. Yeah, yeah. there is. Well, no. Yeah, and of course, so what people were thinking, wait a minute. So WFED, which is the station that we are on, right. yes. is the sister station of WTOP. And That's of right. course, the the dial position, 1500 AM, four years was WTOP. Forever. 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 Yes. Yep. So here oh, we that's are. Right. Oh, that's right. I went to work on 1500 at Washington Post Radio. That's right. That's they, right. They that's why you format. came here. That's, that's right. They, that, they that was the point. second time you were here. You were the morning one, host. One, right? of the, one of the two. I forget, one of the three times. I yeah, Washington yeah. Post Radio, and then it became WFED. But can I tell you how? And, can I tell you how nice it is to sleep till six thirty in the morning? Yeah, I, yeah. I know that sounds crazy. No, six, it's true. Six thirty. Yeah, six thirty. Yeah. After wow. years, thirty years. It's of it's up hard. Two thirty. So 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 Doc and Doc and I have been together. Doc, you've been doing this show now for how long? It's been close to twenty years, right? Yeah, it's it's almost back to two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I don't it, know. it might be. Uh, oh, for here. No, oh, no, not because I was on uh, WMAL, right. then I was on WJFK, and then Washington Post Radio, oh, then right. WFED. That's right. So we've been, you've been in this building now for 12 years because right. you started in 2007, yeah. and you and I got together. Our 12th anniversary is coming up in March. So I think you started in January of 07 is when you way, moved into this building. By the way, Jim, he's yes. terrible on anniversary gifts. Okay. You know that is. You know, how, you know <laughs> what I've gotten? <laughs> 12 years, you know what I've gotten? Zippity. Nothing. <laughs> Guy no, I give him a glass, I, I give him a cup of champagne every once in a while. <laughs> That's right, guy, but that comes in the years. The guys over in McLean hiding in some mansion. What do I get for an anniversary gift? Hey, Squat. Dave, it's been great. He gave me some little bobble that he got at the uh, Las Vegas show. It's more than I got. The Chotskys they hand off. <laughs> yeah, at, at, little, the, at the computer a, a electronic show. <laughs> so, hey, oh no, no, I want a rubber brain to squeeze. <laughs> you know, that's the biggest trinket at the Las Vegas. Uh, Tech show. What's that? Rubber brains. Rubber brains. Just uh, you know, you come by you know, somebody's booth or whatever, and they give you a rubber brain. It's I like the exercise. That. I guess that's like the, 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 yeah. the stress brain. The stress, stress brain. Yeah. Brain. Yeah. Well, forgive me for busting up in the show like this. Well, that's to, okay. Well, this is a, paid, it's uh, a special things? day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you have to go to somewhere? I'm no, we, we're going to finish the mailbag now, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You're, yeah. you're doing mailbag? Okay. Oh, we're doing yeah. mailbag. We're, we're doing mailbag. Can I, can I just be selfish because I'm on a short leash here? Uh, you yeah. certainly Pardon can. Them, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. Leash, bark, bark, yes. Bark, bark. Uh, Doc, I, I, I have a couple of selfish questions. Okay. Okay, so we have mailbag extended. Mailbag extended because I don't have the the reach or the wherewithal anymore to, to, to see you every day like I used to. <laughs> David, you're always welcome. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I want a camera. I want, you, know, you see all these ads. You're on. always looking for a camera. Every time hey, you come hey, in here, you're whoa, looking for wait, a camera. Hey, now, we're not getting into a Chuck Berry story. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. No, I, just, I you know, obviously I have a dog business. So I, mm-hmm. I want to have cameras in the kennel. Oh, that yeah. That kind of stuff. But I, I want it no muss, no fuss. Don't, you know. Buy them. I want to be able to look at stuff on my phone from far away. Do you have any recommendations, Doc? Yeah, for the uh, for these uh, webcams. Just the webcams you sit around. I mean, the ones that Nest has are really easy to configure. Nest. Nest, yeah. N-E-S-T? N-E-S-T, yeah. They, they also have the doorbell, and they've got nah, the smoke detector. The you don't have that. No, don't the but they but they have made uh, webcams that are just used, really easy to configure. Right, if you don't want to have any big IT yeah, I don't want deal. To, you know, I don't want you to just put deal. them up and connect them to Wi-Fi, and you're right. you're there. Anyway, well, well, Doc, I wish I could hang for the whole show. Okay. I came down here specifically for you guys. 
Well, I thank you. I just want to tell you, thank you so much for everything. You've been a good guy for yeah. how long has it been? 20 years? 20 years, yeah. Now, Jim came in late. You know, he's, yeah, I did come he's in. the second wife, okay? I mean, it, it I'm happened. the third wife. You're the yeah. third wife. Because he had a fling. <laughs> oh, you had it a fling? It was Kate Brown. At WTOP. Oh, yeah. That Kate yeah, Brown. Kate, Kate, Kate Brown was Kate here. Brown for, for like, for she was like, here for a cup of coffee. For, for yeah. like, for like uh, <laughs> yeah, three months, she, three months. So he basically he dumped you for Kate Brown. Well, I don't blame Kate him. was I the other woman. Kate then, no, then, then <laughs> I, well, so I, I was with David w, WMAL. And then when I went to JFK, I was with somebody else. That's over four. There. I'm the fourth. Yeah, I'm I was, the fourth I, I, was at, I was in the Don and Mike studio at WJFK. Wow. wow. Plenty, plenty of venom in that room. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's right. Plenty of venom in that room. Did, did, did you hang with G. Gordon Liddy while you were over there? Uh, no, I didn't see G. But Gordon. But I got to tell you, Jimbo, you know, uh, I, I used to work for British Telecom, a lot of tech companies, mm-hmm. and, uh, at, at the same time having a radio career, which was bizarre. But I got to tell you, the doc over here is a great guy, isn't he? Uh, you can call him anytime. I mean, he's only running the hugest school in the East Coast, but he's got time to pick up the phone and talk to Dave. Yeah. Let me give you a little example of how that goes. Ring, ring, <laughs> ring. Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> hey, doc, take it easy. Take it easy, doc. I'm opening up schools in India now. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, you know, we've got a campus in Iraq now. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no, Iraq, not a wow. Iraq. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in, a, really? Kurdistan, in Kurdistan, oh. Iraqi Kurdistan. Oh, Kurdistan. Okay. Yeah, yeah six-hour six drive north of Baghdad. I don't know if I want to go to Ramadan. <laughs> Can you get a rental car in Baghdad? Listen, is there anything listen, left to Baghdad? Tour buses come up from Baghdad, uh, you know, to around uh, Kurdistan. Excuse me. It's, there, like, is, it's like the vacation capital of uh, Iraq. Is there a school bus that goes from Ramadi to your uh, campus? Uh, no, but I, you, but I pretty much, uh, you know, no, we don't. We, we don't do Mosul. We're, we're, we're like three-hour drive from Mosul. We, yeah, but we, Mosul. we, but but the thing is, the uh, Kurdistan's quite safe. Okay. Kurdistan if you say safe. so. You've been there if you for say a so. Graduation? Have you? Have I've you been there twice. For graduation. You graduate or else? Yeah. Army for you. No, wait, wait a I'll study. No, I'll study real hard. Anyway. No, we're we're working with the uh, the Barzani's. The Barzani's run Kurdistan. Mustafa uh, Barzani was the warrior that not, Saddam Hussein could not do. Had so his first name been Tony, I would it would have been uh, a little worried. Yes, uh, that's right. So we work with the Barzani families. So the Barzani's. We, yeah. Oh. The, so the Barzani's, and so they are. Tony they Barzani are Kurdistan. They are Kurdistan. And the yeah. thing is, the kids in Kurdistan have the same requirements as kids in the U.S. They want to learn. They want to be able to do stuff. And so... Honest to goodness, this is our next president right here. <laughs> I know. Illinois. Exactly. Know He's making jobs and... That's butter. And exactly. uh, educating people. My favorite... Okay, so my favorite Rick Schertz phone call was oh boy. back over the summer. And this, I mean, never. We, I mean, we just, we just do our thing mm-hmm. and we show up here on Saturday. We yeah. go our separate ways. I get a phone call on a Friday night and the, the name that comes up on... My phone is Marianne Schurz. I'm like, Uh-oh. oh, God. Oh, here we go. Here's a beating. And so, no. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going there. He's laughing. He, so, it's, but it's Rick. He says, I have to tell you something. Yeah, I know. The yeah. phone. I was, I, I dropped the phone in the Dropped ocean. Oh, Dropped oh, the phone oh, in the ocean. He was trying to, he, when you re, got the uh, the jet ski stuck on the sandbar. When I got the jet ski, yeah, that's right. Down at Playa del Shirts. That's right. Playa del Shirts. Yeah. I love yes. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I love that. And so that's right. That Then my cell phone was completely gone at that time. Wow. Yep. I remember I used to call, and I used to not do best ofs. I, every show was live at MAL. Of course it was. I called in from every Alaska. Every show was a best of. Yes. I, I, I called in from Alaska. I did, uh, I was on the, the shores of Prince William Sound up there. Mm-hmm. Did a whole show live, and we standing, tried standing standing on on the shore. Didn't we try to do one live early on from China, and you were on Skype, Good and it Lord. kept cutting out on us. Yeah, nah, not too well. So, and then the, another one from from Alaska. I went up to uh, I went up to near the Arctic Circle, uh, um, Manly Hot Springs. Manly, Manly Hot, Hot Springs, yeah. but I like it too. And dude. so <laughs> yeah, and so there were fifty people in that town. Wow. But there was no cell phone reception, so I said, "Look, I, I got to get a phone to call in for this for this radio show." Did you pull a MacGyver? And and they, and they said tinfoil antenna. And so and so I went down to the bar, the go. bar restaurant. There we go. And they said oh, they said, "Well, we got a phone here at the at yeah. the at, at the uh, you know at the bar." So oh. I came in the morning and did the show. The entire town showed up to watch this radio show live Fire. from the. I mean, you know, the entire yeah. town. Fifty. Well, it's fifty wow. people. They, they're printing T-shirts by the time you left. <laughs> wow. Rick shirts for mayor. What's the that, name of the town? The, uh, Manly Hot Springs. Manly Hot Springs. Manly Hot Springs, Alaska. Hot Springs. <laughs> he he is the mayor of Manly Hot Springs, Alaska. Then then I called in one other time uh, from a phone booth in France. 
I think I remember that one. <laughs> and Were I, you fully clothed? Yeah. Please I, deposit I, I, no, I, I, was, I, I was in France, and, and so, I, so I, I went to this phone booth. And usually when people, like, like make a call, it's like, like two minutes. And, sure. and, and the, there was a church next door, and so they were ringing the church bells— because it was like at five, six, 5 o'clock in the afternoon or something. And then they were ringing the church bells, and there was this line of 20 people waiting to use the phone. <laughs> and the, and it's 50 like, people in one town, one phone. And, uh, he uh, picks all these small towns. I think and, he's, on, he's running from something. Well, well this was one of the small town. This was in Normandy. But but the thing is, it was uh, that was the only phone booth there. And they kept looking at me, and because I, I was on the phone for an hour. And uh, <laughs> he was doing his uh, adult doing his phone show. call thing. And then, and then the thing is, you know, the sun is on the phone booth. It's yeah. like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a sauna. So I'd have to open the door oh, yeah. to, to let in he some cool air. He lost eight pounds doing that show. Yeah, we know why I was hot in the phone booth. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wasn't the only one in there. Yeah, he's, uh, somebody's walking by and he's like, uh, "What are you wearing?" Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Doc. Hey, Doc. Last question. Very yeah. serious question. We keep hearing about. Trying to make this current, current, yes. current please, events please, kind current, of thing. We need yeah. your help. Because yes, yes. you, you look at us. Do we look current uh, at all no, here? No, you don't. <laughs> I'm walking into a studio with two guys wearing members-only jackets, okay? <laughs> I think that kind of says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no. The digital wall, okay? Mm-hmm. We're, we're all the big stink right now. It's about the wall. Mm-hmm. Now we've got people saying, well, we don't need a physical wall. We, we can have a digital wall. Yeah. Now, if there's anybody on the planet Earth that understands digital and digital walls and security, it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, well, here's here's the problem. Well, yeah, you can you can you you can have lidar systems that detect people. Right. But then they just walk through. Yeah. And so you still need somebody to apprehend them. You hear the bell ringing, but nobody's doing anything. Simply, (laughs) simply, simply detecting people doesn't stop them. So there's really no such thing as a digital wall. No, there's no, no digital wall. But a digital alert system. Now, now I suppose you, I suppose you could have a digital wall if you would have like a microwave weapon and you just blow them up. That's why I love this man. But, uh-huh. but he's you got see, all these scenarios. Because there's zero to violence. But the, mm-hmm. but the, but, but as they say in the military, is you service the target. Wow. <laughs> but, wow. Whoa. But, Whoa. but, oh. but that's really that's not. That's really not appropriate. And so the digital wall are just basically intrusion detection sensors. Okay. And you still need some guy to go out there and apprehend them. So it's a them. mouthful of warm bubbles that sounds good, but it doesn't it's, really do It anything. sounds good, but it's not helpful. So you, you probably need a physical wall at certain areas, and then areas that you cannot really put walls up you because of the terrain. Digital then you then then you have you know intrusion detection, and you've right. just got people nearby so they can in, they can apprehend them. And yet the intrusion detection is pretty good stuff. Why it works. It, why isn't the White House calling this number right now? Um, this because they're time. all they're all not getting paid. Oh, that's right. You wouldn't be getting paid. No, they, I know how you operate. Doc. That's right. Exactly. Well, no, no, no. They're no, not no, getting paid. No, sure. The whole shutdown thing. You've been away from <laughs> no, Federal no, no, News no. Radio for a while, haven't Dave, you? We live in Frederick County and miss Dave, a lot of things. Dave, so. Dave, yeah. Dave, that's true. Dave, the, the White House only watches Fox News. They're not going to be listening oh, to us. Oh, away from Federal News Radio for a while. The White House only watches Fox News. There we go. Here we That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I wish you well in your new location. I hope you'll invite me to come by there sometime. So we shall. Okay. And, uh, we absolutely always. will. Doc, okay. another 20 for you, buddy. Yeah, okay. There we go. Thanks a lot. Okay, here we go. Honey, don't start There we go. We got to do this one more time. Get I better than David Burke. Don't <laughs> <laughs> he is the the man Bye, brings guys. the fun with him. Do, yes. uh, David, thank you for, thank you for coming down. Thank you for bringing the monorail okay. from Frederick down today. No problem, buddy. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see when we get okay. into our new cardboard box. We'll Bye-bye. invite you there. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. See you guys. All right. Thanks, okay. Dave. So we're going to continue on with the mailbag here. Is that what you like to do? Yeah. Nope. Should, should we do that? Yeah, yeah we should. Okay. We got an email from Dennis in Arkansas. What are some tools for coding collaboration? I've heard that Microsoft, you know, writing code, writing programs, you want to collaborate with people. There are online tools to do it. I heard that uh, Microsoft just purchased GitHub. What do you think of that option? Dennis in Fayetteville. Well, the good news is uh, is about GitHub is that uh, Microsoft recently changed the GitHub pricing. It's making it a pretty good deal for you, Dennis. It used to be you'd have to pay $7 a month to get a private uh, subdirectory that you could collaborate on, on GitHub. and um, But they've changed the rules, and now there's a free collaboration subdirectory. If you have fewer than three collaborators on your software project, 
three or fewer, it's free. And so with the GitHub, GitHub always had a free tier, but in the past that free tier was a public repository, not a private repository. And people are just learning how to write code. They really necessarily don't want all their code to be, to be public. And so now this is actually a pretty good deal. Now, so GitHub is a very good way to learn how to code. You go on there, you look around. There's a lot of code that's available, open source code. You can copy. You can see how it works. You can look around at the projects. You can learn about it. And you can see good code being written. And then as you learn, you could become a contributor to some of the GitHub projects. In fact, when we hire developers, we ask to see how many active coding accounts they have on GitHub. And that sort of helps us judge whether they're good at coding. So that's a pretty good option. That's a great email there. Um, uh, Dennis there down in Arkansas. We got an email from Jessica in Ashburn, Virginia. Dear Doc and Jim, I'm going on a backpacking hike. I'll be off the grid for about a week. I'd like to find a way to keep my cell phone fully charged while I'm gone. What are my best options? This is actually a pretty good question. You know, people get so dependent on their cell phone, but the problem is, you know, you, you leave your cell phone, the, the battery dries out and, um, you know, goes dead in about a day. So your best option is solar power. Now, I'd recommend the Feely, F-E-E-L-L-E, 24,000 milliamp hour dual USB solar battery pack. So the, a 24,000 milliamp hour battery, which is what the solar cells are charging, you know, is enough to keep your cell phone going. It's enough to keep your laptop going. And the good news is that this solar system... Uh, doesn't take a week to charge. A lot of these solar battery packs take about a week to charge in full sun because they don't have much in the way of solar cells. This actually has three solar panels in it that are hooked to that 24 milliamp hour battery, 24,000 milliamp hour battery. And this will fully charge that battery in 35 to 40 hours. So in a couple of days, you can fully charge the battery, and that's much, much faster than other uh, solar battery packs. So what you can do while you're hiking, you can just kind of leave that battery pack hanging off the back of your backpack so you're charging, your cell, you're charging the battery pack during the day, and then you can charge your cell phone as you need it. That is a very good way to keep your cell phone active when you are off the grid. We got an email from Wendy in Fairfax. Dear Doc and Jim, I've heard that you periodically have to reinstall Windows to keep it running smoothly. Is that true? It seems like such a bad software design if you have to keep doing that yeah. over and over and over again. Enjoy the show live on Saturday, Wendy in Fairfax. Well, the main reason, Wendy, that people reinstall Windows is that it slows down over time. But why does it slow down? Is it, is it intrinsic to Windows or is it something else? Well, a number of things can happen. Startup programs. You might have a bunch of programs that are in the startup bin. So every time you turn on the computer, it starts up a whole bunch of programs that you may or may not need. They just, they just sort of initialize every time you open up the computer because that's how they were installed. And, that, that, and then that actually could slow down your computer because you have a lot of active programs on that you really aren't using. And it also slows up your, your, your startup time. Plugins in your, in your browser, like Explorer plugins, these things really will slow things down, especially, uh, you know, some of them are poorly programmed. Some of these plugins are poorly programmed. And when you right-click on files, it takes a lot longer, some of these things. So plugins can slow you down. One of the worst things are heavy security suites like Norton, Norton Utilities. It's, these are resource hogs. You really don't need a full security suite. You just need an antivirus program. And I tell you, some of these big security suites just really make your computer slow way down. PC cleaning tools, some of them are generally scams. They can make your computer run even slower, than, than, um, the, especially if they add themselves in the startup program you know, routine. And there are other things. There are poorly written applications that clutter up your systems with useless DLL files, and they fill your registry with all kinds of unnecessary items. One of the another item is browser toolbars. Legitimate browser extensions can slow down your browser, but junk ones can make it terrible. The one of the worst is Ask.com. Boy, that just really slows things down. <laughs> so the thing is, 
I mean, I don't really reinstall my windows very often, but what I do is I'm just careful what I install. I only choose clean, well-written programs. I pay attention to what's installing. I choose what options. I don't let everything go into the start menu. I occasionally use disk cleanup to remove temporary files, and I don't use very many browser extensions. And over time, I don't really and I and I, for my antivirus software, you know, a great combination on Windows is Windows Defender that comes with Windows combined with Malware Bytes, which is very lightweight. Windows Defender with Malware Bytes is gives you both antivirus and anti-exploit applications, and that really runs well. And you might also run a startup manager tool. Like the, there's one actually built into Windows to prune out useless programs. So if you if you're careful, you don't have to keep reinstalling Windows. But some people are just too tired to figure out what they did, and it's easier for them just to reinstall. But I don't like that philosophy. Listen, we love your emails. Email us at techtalk@stratford.edu, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. It is Saturday morning. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD 2, 103.9 FM HD 2, on the web at stratford.edu. Watch us do the program by downloading Periscope to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge of Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for... Profiles in IT. Yes, today we're going to feature an Irishman, James Welton. James, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. James Welton is best known as founder and CEO of Coder Dojo. <laughs> Coder Jojo was designed to bring the world of coding to more young people. And it set up coding clubs, 1,800 coding clubs around the world. Now, James Welton was born August 31st, 1992 in Cork, Ireland. He attended the Presentation Brothers College... Now, a college in Europe is really a high school. Uh, and so he went to Presentation Brothers College, and he founded the computer club there. And uh, he was also vice chair of the debating society. He graduated from Presentation Brothers in uh, 2011. Now, as a young child, he figured out how to make computer animations and spent his days taking electronics apart to see how they worked. At age nine, he saved his pocket money for a month to buy a book on HTML, and they taught himself how to code so he could make a website for his animations. Now, he made several gadgets in his childhood, such as a toaster wired to a computer. That could have been a little dangerous. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a proximity kettle that boiled water more or less based on your distance to it. So you get closer to the kettle, it boils it hotter <laughs> further away. And so you regulate the temperature by how close you are to the pot. Um, in his first year in high school, he tried to start a computer club, but they said, come on, you're too young. You <laughs> they refused. So he ended up creating a club anyway, but, but he just taught off-premises at some other location, and he was teaching students uh, coding skills. At, at the young age, 
even when he was just you know a freshman in high school, he, he wanted to teach others how to code. He was really in, in inspired to do that. At 16, he built a website for sharing CAT scans to U.S. doctors. He had a friend who had a serious illness, and they had CAT scans, and they wanted to get a second opinion in the U.S., and these CAT scans were extremely huge files, and they couldn't find a way to get them to the U.S. doctors quickly. So he, he created a website that posted the CAT scans to the website, and then they simply shared the link with U.S. doctors, and they got a second opinion. That was a, at age 16 he did that. Mm. During his senior year, he gained international no, notoriety. He was the first person to hack the iPod Nano, and, uh, and he published his hacking technique, and he became like a hacker luminary. Uh, <laughs> in his last year at high school, he, tr he then started another computer club, but this time the school said, okay, we guess we know what you're, that you know what you're doing. And so they sanctioned the club, and he had an official club at school, finally. And he started out with 40 students, and they met once a week, and they learned coding. Now, <clears throat> now his parents wanted him to go to university when after he graduated from high school, which is his high school was Presentation Brothers College. He really wasn't interested in college. He says, no, Mom, no, Dad, I'm not going to do that. And so he started his own digital company called Disruptive Development. <laughs> Disruptive Development. He started doing that. He was doing quite well. Uh, somebody, you know, some uh, venture capitalist wanted to buy disruptive development, uh, but he was quite happy working on that. And then in 2011, after he got out of, after he graduated, he started something called Coder Dojo. Now, this was a volunteer organization for help for setting up youth computer clubs around Ireland and then the world. You see, he'd already set up one computer club in high school. He said, well, listen, this kind of works well. They meet one day a week. We can teach kids how to code. Why don't we do this? On a broader scale, and we'll set up clubs all over Ireland initially and then the world. So he set up this organization called Coder Dojo. Now, you might wonder what Dojo is, D-O-J-O. -O. Were you wondering that, Jim? No, actually, I sort of know what it is. It's a hangout, isn't it? It's a place we... It is. It's a hangout. It's a space for immersive learning. It's a Japanese word, mm -hmm. which means place of the way. Place of the way. Much like this is a place of the way. This is a, yeah, this is a radio dojo. Exactly. <laughs> place of the way. And so the club would show them the way with technology, a dojo. <laughs> and so he called it Coder Dojo, a place of the way for coders. So he, uh, he started that out and... Um, and it was, uh, and actually, it, somebody, they were still trying to buy disruptive development. And he said, come on, I don't want to sell it because I don't want to work for you guys because I want to work on Coder Dojo. Now, Coder Dojo, they started getting clubs all over Ireland because what he would do, he would get volunteers. So to start a club, you'd have to have like two or three volunteers that were tech people. And then you would get a location to meet. And they typically would meet once a week. And these, um, and these experts would then teach the kids and give the kids projects to work on. And they had kind of a structure where it was project-centric learning. Now, in 2012, he was elected as an Ashoka Fellow, fellow uh, for Social Entrepreneurship, which is like quite an honor because he, he, I mean, he, just, he just graduated from high school. An Ashoka Fellow. And this connected him with many, many other social entrepreneurs around the world. And then he just started, um, you know, people, everybody wanted a piece of James Welton because he was, you know, getting his Coder Dojo clubs around. In 2012, he was hired by Resolute Venture Capital as the hacker in residence. How do you like that for your job? Hacker in residence. Hacker in residence. And, and he, helped them, um, he helped them, you know, judge the technical quality of deals that were coming in. This is just a year out of high school. Yeah. And his, his parents said, uh, James. When are you going to go to university? He said, Mom, Dad, I'm having too much fun, and everybody wants me, so I'm just going to keep Plus on doing this. Residence. That's right. Now, in 2013, I mean, Coder Dojo was clearly a model that could work, but he wanted it to move quicker and expand faster. So he set up the Coder Dojo Foundation, which was a nonprofit designed to assist in scaling and develop Coder dojo so it could go globally 
Now, he was pretty smart in that he says, look, he says, I don't want to be the guy that's going to take this to a global enterprise because I want to work on my other stuff. So after a year, he hired an experienced CEO to actually manage the Coder Dojo Foundation and scale it. And that was a pretty pretty smart idea. I mean, there were about 10 people working at Coder Dojo. And once he turned it into a foundation, then they could accept, accept contributions to support it. In 2013, he became director of Inspire Ireland. Because they said, look at James. He's inspiring all these kids. He ought to, <laughs> he ought to just inspire Ireland. <laughs> Why not? In 2013, he became advisor to What Salon. Uh, and he advised them on technology, on development methods, and on products. Then, in 2013, Dublin City University hired him. And he said, see, Mom, I'm at the university. But he's not, <laughs> he's not going to school. But, but I'm Dub there. Dublin University hired him, and he was social entrepreneur in residence. And what he did... I want to be that. He worked with the, the students there and worked with them on projects and advised them. So he was actually, in a sense teaching at the university without ever having gone to the university. So he said, well, Mom, that's about as good as you're going to get. <laughs> and so they thought that was okay. In 2014, it was hired by Polaris Partners as entrepreneur, uh, as entrepreneur in residence. And so, you know, this was a big deal. Then he started working for companies that would actually pay him more. He was hired as CTO by Cabon. And that's a, that's a big site out of—it's a big deal site in United Arab Emirates, and they actually paid him for that. Then after—in the, 2016, uh, he was uh, made managing director of AYM Commerce, which is an investment holding company specializing in digital technologies in the Middle East and North Africa. They call that MENA. Middle East and North Africa is MENA. And so he, that sort of grew out of the UAE effort. So he was actually helping guide venture capital funding— of new, of new ventures, new digital ventures. In 2016, he serves as an advisor to Talk Circle, helping in the development strategy. By 2018, uh, Coder Dojo was in 90 countries mm. with 1,800 clubs, reaching 150,000 young people. I mean, that's a pretty impressive result. That is result. very impressive. I mean, that, that's a huge result. Now, in 2018, Coder Dojo merged with the Raspberry Pi Foundation. Uh, do you remember Raspberry Pi? Mm -hmm. This is this little circuit board where they would where you could have com you could have a computer on a small circuit board that's like three inches by four inches, and you could, you could get a whole computer for a hundred dollars. And Raspberry Pi was set up to get young people so that they could actually program hardware. And they were setting up clubs around the world to support the Raspberry Pi hardware. And they decided that if Coder Dojo and Raspberry Pi could join hands, they could expand even faster. So they merged in 2018, just last year, and they expect through this merger and through the additional resources that are available that they can expand to 5,000 dojos by 2020. Wow. Now, if you look up Coder Dojo DC, we've got a lot of Coder do do Dojos just in this area, just in Washington, DC area. There, there are like eight of them. Eight Coder Dojos here. So if you can just go to CoderDojo.com if you've got, you know, your child wants to learn how to code, get involved. Go to that website, CoderDojo.com. And and maybe, let me just check that. Is it CoderDojo.com or .org? Why don't we just check this? You can it's, check that. This is all very impressive for somebody who is 26 years old Yeah. when you think about it. It and is. We're typing, we're typing. We're typing, and it's... It's just the speed. The speed of these computers is it's just. just it's, so it's, I think we need a little bit of. Uh, oh, there we go. Yes, there we go. Okay, let's see. Coder, Dojo. It, it is just the speed of these things is just amazing. Hopefully, we move to Chevy Chase. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping. Oh, here we go. CoderDojo.com. I was correct. There you go. CoderDojo.com. That's the official website. So if you've got, if you want to be a volunteer. Mm-hmm. To volunteer to teach at one of these dojos, you can go to coderdojo.com and you've got you're, there are two buttons. One, you want to find a dojo. Another one, you want to create a dojo. And so you can go in there. And if you got your child wants to learn coding, go in there. There are a few. Most of the clubs are filled up actually, but there are a few clubs that have spots. 
So that's really a great initiative, and he did it so young. Yes, he did. So there you go. Everything you want to know about the Irishman, James Welton, founder and CEO of Coder Dojo. Hope you were paying attention because your chance to turn knowledge into something in your mouth or stomach or whatever on your plate. Coming up when we play the pop quiz here on Federal News Radio. uh, This is Tech Talk Radio on uh, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD2 and 103.9 FM HD2. Watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Ross, Featuring Mr. Big Voice. With musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band. And your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please sit down. Please sit down. Do you know, in the new studio, yes. we're going to have stadium seating. Uh, so it's going to be much more comfortable. Exactly. Please. Mm-hmm. And don't Cup clutter. Holders. Don't clutter the, the radio dojo. <laughs> <laughs> There All right, go. so okay, so we're we're doing something specific here. Yes, get indeed. on with it, sir. Yes, indeed. Now, of course, this is not a class. This is not simply radio show. The classroom, there are airways. No, we are now a radio dojo. No, I think that's what we are. That's right. We're a radio dojo, and so we're going to assess with you been listening, and that we do that with a pop quiz. If you get the right answer to the pop quiz, you'll get tickets to fine dining at one of the Stratford dining rooms, and you will also get an A plus for today's show. Earlier in the show, I talked about James Welton. He was founder and CEO of Coder Dojo. Now, where did the name Coder Dojo come from? All right. And in particular, what does Dojo mean? All right. If you know the answer to today's question, for God's sake, bail us out, pick up the phone, and give us a call. If you're dialing from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia. It's 877-936-9333. If you're making toast and tea in your dojo in Canada, (laughs) call us on the wildcard line, 877-936-9333. And if you're located in a foreign country or in Urbana, Maryland, it's the international line, 877-936-39333. Now, once again, here's Dr. Richard Schertz. Yes, indeed. Now, let's talk about something about Microsoft. They want to kill the password. They do. Microsoft wants to kill passwords, and it's actually not a bad idea because passwords are such a pain in the neck. you got to get these long passwords. So they're actually setting up a new system where Microsoft accounts will be passwordless. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they will do, Microsoft, when you set up your account, you will give them your phone number when you sign in. That's all it is. And then once you've verified the phone number, every time you put the phone number in as your user ID, it will send a code to your cell phone, 
you put in the code as your password, and you're on. So you can set up the entire, and then once you're logged in, you can use your local Windows machine, and you can either use it for you know fingerprint detection, or you can put in a, a little code that you want. But the actual Microsoft account itself will not have a password. And you won't have to go through that two-factor authentication until you go to another computer. I mean, that's actually a pretty good idea. You know, my, at my other job, we, we already have this, but it, every time it, you either you sign in and you use your password and then your phone rings, either you get a phone call or a text that you have to uh, verify that you are who you are. I mean, that's and a pain. Your, if you have to do it over, we have to do it over and, and there. And I've asked, <laughs> and they said every time you go into your, do your email, you have so, to do it that So way. Microsoft, if you're at the same computer and you've done the verification at that computer, you don't have the verification. And what you do is you set up a local password at that computer, like mm -hmm. a, you know, like a PIN number or something or a, or a fingerprint detection. And the local password is just kept locally, and they never do the two-factor authentication until you go to another computer. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad idea. No, it's not a bad idea. Now, there's a problem with electric vehicles. And uh, the state authorities have noticed that when you have an electric vehicle, they don't collect gasoline tax. That's correct. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Because EVs, uh, you know, are using the roads, but they're not paying for the roads. In California, that just wants to tax everything. They tried, of course. They tried to tax text messaging, and they were slapped down. But now they're saying, <clears throat> we need to tax EVs. And what they're doing is what they initially were going to try to give them just an initial, you know, licensing fee, which, would, which apparently they thought would cover the gas revenue. But now they're thinking that they should actually have a mileage tax that's assessed every year. Depending on how many miles you drive, that'll be the tax that you pay. But, they, but then the California legislatures realized they had another problem. As cars are becoming more efficient, they're using less gas. Yeah. So, they're as, so they want higher efficiency cars because they don't want pollution, and they're getting less and less gas revenue. So now they're saying, hey, let's just charge everybody a mileage tax. So... Well, I think the mileage tax is coming because it does make a certain amount of sense. And, you know, the thing of it is, the, the, the concept here was that the, the gas tax was to go back to paying for road improvements and, and maintenance. Yes. But here in Maryland, or I should say at our neighbor in Maryland, the, 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 that fund got raided That's, for other stuff. That so, is a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. Okay, this is not a problem. We have somebody Whoa. for the last time in the studio... Yes. We're going to play the pop quiz. Let us go to line numero uno. This is Thomas calling from Bowie, Maryland. Thomas, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Dr. Schertz, ask the question, please. Yes, early in the show we talked about James Welton, the CEO of Coder Dojo. So where did the name Coder Dojo come from, or what does Dojo mean? It comes from Japanese. It means place of the way. That is that correct. That is correct. Perfecto. Thomas, excellent. Thank you, sir. You get an A+. Plus, you get the tickets. Hang on. We're going to send you back to Andrew, and he will take your information. Because of the time, Doc, we will just continue on uh, imparting information into people's brains. Because we've got to get to the computer electronics show, because that do. was really the big news this week. The mm. big, big news. Okay, so, so there are five big trends. You know, the, the show is enormous, but then if you sort of boil it all down, there are five big trends. Virtual assistance everywhere. That means Alexa, Google Assistant, Siri, and, you know, the, um, the uh, Samsung Assistant is called Bixby. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't know that. So Bixby is there because of Samsung. But I knew. I use Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. And Bixby's there. And it, and it's on everything from beds to toilets. They, <laughs> you, you can, you know, you can, use, you can use a digital assistant to flush your toilet now. And it's shaping up to be the year of digital assistants in the home everywhere. The second big thing this year, gaming laptops. We've had a convergence of highly efficient mobile processors and powerful graphic processing unit GPUs have made extremely powerful machines low cost. That coupled with the fact that there's just an onslaught of games out there, the gaming laptops are hot. And gaming laptops were everybody computer electronics show. Now the TV vendors are now, they're never happy with what you've got. Everybody just got a 4K television set. That means you've got 4,000 picture elements on the horizontal direction. Everybody just upgraded to 4K, and really only about 20% of the digital content is 4K yet. And what are the, what are the vendors doing? They're pushing 8K. 
8K television sets are everywhere, even though there is no content. And that would be 8,000 resolution elements on a horizontal line. So that would be that would be four times the number of pixels, double in both directions, four times the number of pixels that we have on 4K. And, uh, you know, so listen, those of you that just bought your 8K TVs, don't worry. Just be happy with them because <laughs> there's not going to be 8K content for probably three or four years. Mm-hmm. And, in, and by the time there's 8K content, the 8K TVs will cost as much as the 4K TVs. So enjoy it while you got it. So just let the guys that want to show off and get the most expensive TV that's useless, uh, sh- let's let them show off and buy all the expensive 8K TVs. And you just wait a few years before you get your 8K. The other thing is Apple is on television sets now. It used to be that Apple was, they wanted to have their Apple TV. They wanted to have their, um, you know, everything Apple. But now they've put Apple interface on all the TVs. Samsung has got has got an Apple interface. You don't have to have a streaming Apple box to it. Apple announced they've got AirPlay 2. It's being adopted on Vizio, on Samsung, on LG, on Sony. So now you'll be able to do, you know, to to you know use AirPlay to put your the content from your iPad or your iPhone right on the TV with these things. So Apple is now integrating with other vendors quite dramatically, and they are sneaking out of their walled garden. Did you hear that Samsung, speaking of TVs, has just introduced the, the largest consumer screen, a 146 inches? Wow! It's like 12 feet. I think they call it the wall. The wall. <laughs> That's right. All right, now, if you want that, so that would be, I guess you, you'd you put that on the entire wall exactly. of your, of your 12 TV. 12-foot TV. 12-foot TV, and you'd have, you'd have to, you know, have to be a big room because you, you couldn't be you too close. You can't sit in front of it, right? You can't yeah. sit right. And now the, the fifth big trend here was 5G hype. This is the, the fifth generation cellular technologies out there. It has speeds 25 faster than the fourth gen, and it looks like it will disrupt all broadband access to homes and everywhere. And everybody was hyping 5G. There are 5G routers out there. They're expensive, and they're and they are um, you know they're really pushing them, the vendors. But here's the deal: the rollout of 5G cellular is going to be slow because it's expensive. They got to put in more cell towers because they're smaller cells, mm-hmm. and so they got to put in a lot more cell towers. In addition, 5G requires more bandwidth, so they have to buy bandwidth. So this rollout is expensive. So at this point, the cellular rollout is a little bit more hype than substance. So there's going to be a two- or three-year delay before 5G is rolled out with all the vendors. So I wouldn't be buying any 5G routers for your home yet. Those are the big, the big pushes. Now, what's the biggest change sort of culturally at CES? The biggest change there when you look at everything was that they're sharing among the competitors. I mean, for the last decade, most products came in a special walled garden, which meant ecosystem. You had the Android ecosystem, the Amazon Alexa ecosystem. You had the Apple ecosystems. Now, that's beginning to change, and consumers are the benefactors. We already talked about one company, Apple, sort of putting a leak in their ecosystem, in their walled garden. And so the barriers that once separated the product into little virtual silos are begin to, beginning to crumble. And so now, uh, you know, every product includes multiple ecosystems. So, for instance, Samsung is including not only its own Bixby Assistant on TVs, but it's also including the Google Assistant and the Amazon Alexa. Sony TVs run on Android TV. They also support AirPlay. So now we're seeing this spreading out. And why did they do that? So they could get more people buying their hardware, and they found out it's a better economic model. Listen, we love your emails. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We'd like you to check out all those Stratford University programs on the website, www.stratford.edu. And when you inquire at Stratford about one of those programs, tell them that you heard about the program on Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. 
Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.